I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Hope you had a great weekend, and um, we have a fabulous week of interviews slated for this week, starting with one that uh, you're definitely going to want to stick around for. My guest today is Kechi Okuchi, and if you don't know that name, remember it, because uh, you will hear it again. Uh, She is a, a singer, and she's got a fabulous voice. If you watch America's Got Talent, you would have seen her as a finalist, uh, both in season 12, as well as what they called the, the champions season. And I, I don't watch the show much, but just the name of that one tells me, I think that's where they bring all the, uh, a lot of people back who didn't end up first, but were really good. And then they compete. And so she's a finalist in both of those. So that tells you a, a lot because there's some really good talent on that show. But Ketchy also has a story that is difficult at times. Um, it is painful, uh, and it is miraculous. Uh, and so she's going to tell you her story. She has a new album out and a new book out that tells her story as well. I'll show you the book. The book's called More Than My Scars, and you will understand that very quickly here. Ketchy, so good to have you on Life Today Live. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me, Randy. I'm more than happy to be here. <laughs> Let's uh, tell people the explain the scars because that is obviously uh, a a big part of your life unfortunately god love you um explain (laughs) what happened because this is one of those things i have a i have a i have a fear of flying (laughs) this 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 hits all the story is gonna be stressful for you (laughs) let's hear it (laughs) okay okay so um Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Kachi. Okay, so what happened and what gave me these scars? Well, um, when I was 16 years old, um, I still lived in my home country, Nigeria. That's where I was born and raised. And um, when I was 16, I was in a plane crash that took the lives of 107 of 109 people on board. It was a regular commercial plane, commercial flight. There was nothing weird about it until everything went wrong. But um, what happened? So that day was December 10th. 2005. It was a Saturday. I went to a boarding high school in Nigeria. So um, it wasn't unusual that I would be flying home that day at the end of the semester because that was how we got around. Those of us who lived in the same area would fly home together on the same plane and typically come back on a plane to campus when the semester, the new semester started. So um, I was a senior in high school at this time and we were going home for the Christmas holidays. So um, it was myself and 60 other students from my high school Hmm. and other passengers, like random people that, you know, make up an entire flight. You know, it was a commercial flight. So I remember um, the 61 of us got on the school bus from campus, which took us to the airport. And then we eventually, after a delay, we boarded the plane with other passengers and the flight took off and everything was normal. You know, there was nothing weird. It's a typical hour and a half flight or so. There was just nothing unusual about being in the air that day. And so far before boarding the plane, there was nothing weird that any of us, like at least me, I had not felt anything weird that day about that day, you know? So um, everything was normal and uh, the flight was uneventful for the most part. And then the pilot makes the announcement about 15 minutes left, 20 minutes into the flight that we will start our descent, right? Because we're about to, you know, start trying to get ready to land in the airport. And then that's when the turbulence started. 
And again, you know, it's turbulence. It's part of flying. It's not a big deal. Everyone who flies, you know that that is something that you can expect <laughs> when you fly. It's not a big deal. So no one was panicking or anything at that point. And then the turbulence continued and started to get worse and more like exaggerated. And at that point, it was just, it was this kind of like a tension in the air, you know, like yeah. where no one wanted to say what we were all definitely thinking. But, you know, we were definitely thinking like, you know, something's up, but like, you don't want to be the one to like, you know, want, say out loud what's in everyone's mind. But there was that tension in the air, like this feeling of foreboding that like, this ain't right, this should not be happening this much and this often. And then this scream from this woman at the back of the plane, that was what just kind of confirmed that we were in trouble. Mm. And then everyone started panicking and there was just screaming, people praying at the top of their lungs, screaming Jesus, screaming God's name. And we were just all like strapped in. And, you know, and I remember just as the chaos like ensued around me, I was just silent and just staring like in awe. And I remember just looking down at like my feet, like my my thigh and just like my hands like on the armrest. And I was just kind of like in, in awe and confused. Like, this is like a movie, like this doesn't happen in real life. So what is this? Like, this is, it was very surreal. And I remember the last thing that I, the, the last action I took on that plane was holding my friend's hand. She was in the aisle seat next to mine. And that was the last thing I remember doing mm. before there was this loud metal scraping sound and just like in your, like in my brain and then just darkness. And then um, after bits and pieces of like, you know, um, just like, you know, consciousness here and there, mm. um, my next vivid memory is opening my eyes. I was lying in hospital bed. I was now in South Africa in Johannesburg in the hospital there. And I was waking up from uh, a five week coma. Uh. And, uh, that's what happened. Okay, my blood pressure's up. I, I have led prayer in playing cabins more than once during turbulence. I, I, I hate it. Are you serious? Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, so, but I mean, nothing compared to, to what you went through. I, so there's, there's so many things. Um, explain I, let, explain the, the burns because you, you woke up wrapped, yeah. I guess, I'm guessing what, head wrapped. to toe pretty much? Yep, yeah, like, like a mummy. That's how I looked. I was um, very badly injured. I sustained third degree burns over 65% of my body. Uh -huh. So that just means everything from my, my head to my feet burned except for my torso. So my tummy and my back didn't burn, hmm. but everything else did. Um, and uh, incidentally, you know, my tummy and my back, you know, that's especially my tummy. They use the skin from that area to kind of cover up the rest of me that lost skin, the major parts, you know, so um, my tummy ended up quite literally saving my life, you know, so, yeah. yeah. This is, I mean, this is, this is awful. I just, it, it's horrifying. How, how did, how did you get through those days? So it was a combination of many things. Um, in the beginning, very beginning, my will to live yeah. came from my mom, hmm. seeing her every day. Every time I opened my eyes, she would be there. Hmm. And for me, that was enough in the beginning. I, Cause I, I couldn't really find, and I, I really go into detail about this in my book because it's so hard to describe, but like I couldn't find anything on the inside to use as a reason to live. It was much easier in the beginning to just let go and 
it, it would it would have been less painful to let go and stop struggling to survive inside this broken body. But my mom, when I opened my eyes that day, you know, from the coma, she was well, the second face I saw, the first I saw was the nurse. Mm-hmm. But like I heard her voice and I saw her face. And that was it. Like that just triggered this need to keep seeing her face. So every single time when I would go unconscious and come back. I would always come back because I want to see her face again. And because I knew that like, she would want that. She wanted to see me. She yeah. did not want me to die. So, so that was my reason in the beginning. And then eventually, the more I was alive, the more I started to realize that I want to see how much more alive I can be. You know, I mm-hmm. want to know how far I can go. I want to kind of prove to myself that I can make it through this. I can make it through, not not this, make it through another day. So every day that I survive, I want to see if I can survive the, to the next day and then the next and the next. And then in a way, it kind of switched from my mom being the main reason to this inner drive to like see another day for my sake mm. and for the sake of my mom. But mm. I have to say that my mom was really the the priority for me because I wanted not just to see her, but I wanted her to be happy because I knew she would like it if I did my, you know, my therapy, if I, if I made an effort to do the things that would help me to survive, I knew that she would want those things. So, um, I did all this mainly for her and my dad too would tell you the same thing. Cause you know, he knew how attached to her I was even before the accident. Yeah. So, um, I think that it was that, and then faith was a big part of it as well, but that came later on in my, in my treatment about four or five months in when I was definitely not going to die. And I was now in the place where I needed to make more effort to um, participate in my in my healing, you know. So things were kept coming back in full. In like the more alive you are, the more sensation you get, and that was like a double edged sword for me because, on the one hand, it's good I'm not going to die, but on the other hand, it means I'm going to be able to feel like things like pain and the itching that come with the injuries, and yeah. it's just like. I would rather die than feel how intense these things felt. So it was this struggle really to um, find peace, even inside this body that was like struggling so hard against me, you know, um, and there was only so much medication could do. So faith kind of came in and filled that gap for me. Uh, I, I want definitely to hear more about that, but I'm curious, I mean, obviously burn injuries are, from what I understand, the most painful because they affect nerves all over your body. What about the pain of, of being one of two survivors out of 109 people, including so many of your friends and classmates? That was a pain that 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 went way beyond the physical mm. because there was really nothing that I could do about it. You know, the medication could not reach that pain. Right. You know, right. And, um, and the worst part for me was always just under just realizing that no matter how bad I felt, no matter how horrible and and how depressed I got about the fact that these people were gone, that my friends were gone, it was not even anywhere near, it wouldn't even scrape the surface of the pain that their loved ones were feeling from their loss, yeah, their sure. parents and their siblings and their, and their family members, you know? And I feel like that was what made it so much worse for me, knowing that like, it feels so bad for me, but like, how bad does it feel for them? Mm-hmm. And then these were people that, were constantly praying for me. They were constantly calling my parents. They were mm. constantly rooting for me. Mm. You know, they could have very easily had a different reaction to my survival, but their reaction was was to see my life as something 
hopeful, mm. something good that came out of this tragedy, something that almost like they grasped onto me surviving as like their one hope out of this horrible thing. And so to them, it was like, she has to survive. She has to get through this, you know? Yeah. And just having that from them, I felt like it was a gift, you know? And I felt almost unworthy at times, but it really drove me to kind of find purpose in that. I felt that one great way for me to live my, to, to show my appreciation to these love, to these, um, the people that passed with their loved ones that were rooting for me so much. One good way to do that would be to live my life as well as possible, as excellently as possible for them, mm. because they obviously saw my life as like a beacon and I wanted to be that for them. So no one, they never put that pressure on me themselves. Mm. That was just something that I felt like I could do for them. It was yeah. the least I felt like I could do for them. Mm. And in a weird way, it kind of gave me a purpose in my life to sure. kind of live with attention, you know, live with purpose. And it was for them and it was for the, the loved ones that they lost, for mm. my friends that were lost. I felt like my life from that moment was no longer just mine, but mm. I had to live with intention for everyone else as well. And um, honestly, I mean, one would think that it's a it's a burden kind of, you know, pressure to live that way. But really and truly, it hasn't been because it wasn't like anyone expected me to do anything amazing with my life or anything like go out there and like change the world. But more like to just show appreciation for my life in my day to day living, making sure that I live with no regrets. Mm -hmm. And um, if anything excellent happens along the way, then cool. You know, so um, <laughs> yeah. I there's been a lot of cool <laughs> and we're going to talk about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the music uh, but I want to show people your book again for people that may have just dropped in this is the book you can you know you'll you'll get the details but you also get to the, to the the good part in the sense of beyond a lot of the, the pain that we've been talking about because I, I don't I, I just I just can't fathom uh, what you've been through and you know none of us can but uh, before we get to the music, I, I want to know about the faith that you talked about. Was that prior? Was there was there something there prior? Were you raised in a Christian home? What mm -hmm. walk us through that walk, okay. if you will? No problem. So, um, I was raised in a Christian home. I was raised Christian. Um, have a Christian background, but that does not mean that um, my faith was anything to write home about. Sure. You know, um, as a teenager, the extent of my faith was belief. I believed in God. I believed in what my parents believed because they be believed in that. And I went to church with them. I did fellowship with them. I was a good person as much as I could be because I believed that, you know, that's what God wanted. And, you know, in my mind, he was this disciplinarian, you know, yeah. making sure that you, you know, keep your, stay in line, you know, <laughs> that was my image of him really. Um, and not because my parents like reflected that in any way, they were the coolest parents ever, but that was just my impression of God really, you know? Um, so I had never tried to delve into anything personal with him, like of my own volition. It was all just a kind of derived faith, I guess, from my parents sure. and, and, yep. and what my family believed. So before the accident, this was the case. Now, after the accident happened, my mom's faith, and that of the people around me sustained me for a very long time. What I mean is I didn't really make a lot of effort to pray to this God that I claim to believe in, but I did believe in the, the God that my, my parents believed in. I believed in the God that my loved ones believed in because they prayed for me consistently. They interceded for me consistently. And, um, it was working, you know, it, it seemed to work, you know, whenever my mom read scripture over me, whenever she prayed for me, 
I would feel peaceful. I would feel it would drift me off to sleep. I felt like I felt like it was working. And so because of that, I never really felt the needs to have anything personal for myself. I felt like they got it. They they had me covered, you know. So um, that was the case in the like in the beginning when I really could not do much for myself and I didn't feel the need to because I was covered. Right. But then as time passed and I got better, my itching that comes with burn scars just I used to, I, I called it the crazy itch. That, that's what it was. It was like a full body, just the, it just, I had, you know, the itching for burns is like, there's a spectrum and I was on the extreme end of it. Mm. And that was one thing. And then the pain was a whole other, like a whole other beast by itself. And I was starting to realize that, you know, they could only give me so much meds, right? But then also when my mom, you know, kind of read scripture over me and prayed for me, even though I wasn't quite making an effort to assimilate the words, but just it it had this um, effect on me where it made me feel like, you know, just calm down. But then that was a feeling that would disappear once my mom left, mm. you know? And so I started feeling like I, I would like access to this, you know, 24 seven if possible. Yeah. And if that means that I'm going to have to make an effort myself, then so be it. So at that point, I started asking questions. I started being curious, genuinely curious about God, because the truth is like, one of the things my mom would always tell me whenever she prayed for me, whenever we talked about God would be to, to leave all my burdens at his feet. Mm -hmm. And I would, and she would tell me to like, imagine, you know, like literally a bucket, you know, and, and imagine myself putting all my burdens and all the things that, that worry me and, and stress me out in that bucket and like walk away and just leave it there. But I would always tell her, like, I cannot help, but go back to that bucket and grab it every time things don't like get fixed immediately i would be like you know what i got this i'll take care of this myself since you're taking your like taking your sweet time you know that kind of thing and so i had to learn to see that god was not this uh i guess band-aid you know he wasn't this uh you know this uh, one of my, my uncle used to call it something like a vending machine you know like <laughs> right. and then you ask for this and then he gives you something and then you say okay bye you know like you have to have a relationship and you're not going to be able to give your problems to someone that you don't actually know and because yeah. if you know the person you don't trust them to take care of it and that's why you keep going back so i had to learn about him and learn what he was about and 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 actually try to understand what my relationship with him was going to be beyond transactional and then in the middle of all this learning I learned about the truth of the accident, which was that everyone else was gone. This was about four months in oh, wow. and I had not realized they hadn't told me until they until they felt I was psychologically ready to, right. to the full extent of the news. Right. Then they told me the truth. And that, of course, just like everything scrambled. I just like I was back to square one, square zero. I because it wasn't making us it wasn't making any sense. Like, how would a God that I'm learning about so good and so great allow something so horrible to happen? Yep. And it was the pivotal moment in my face for me to understand who he was in that moment. So just to kind of go fast forward 17 years, who who is God to you now? Who is Jesus to you now? I think the best way that I can describe my relationship with him right now, Jesus, would be that, you know, bad things happen. And this is something that my mom also told me. My mom is really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. She said, that, you know, bad things happen in this world, you know, to good and bad people, unfortunately. It doesn't, there's no, there's no, um, like, separation. Once you become a Christian, it doesn't mean that you are now exempt from bad things happening to you. Mm -hmm. But what it does is that it gives you a place to go 
when those bad things happen. They will inevitably happen. Mm -hmm. But the difference that the faith gives you is rather than feel that when these bad things happen, it's hopeless, it's the end, it's isolating, it's dark, there's nothing to hold on to. That is the that is where God comes in because he actually thrives. And I found this to be extremely accurate in my life. He thrives even more in the moments that are the darkest and the hardest. Yeah. He is, he, he shows himself even more in those moments. If you remember to hold on to him, if you remember that he's there. Yeah. So the faith gave me a place to go to when those bad things happened, because it, it was a place of solace, a place of comfort. And a lot of times also a place of refreshing and kind of giving me the energy and the strength to go back out there and, and continue to kind of, um, tackle these problems, but with like renewed, like vigor, you know, mm. and that's, so that's what, that's what faith is for me now. That's what it has been for a while. And, um, so far, I think it's a pretty, it's a working, um, it's a working formula, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. We got to talk about this because this is the really, this is, uh, another cool part of your story. And that is uh, the debut album from Catchy Okuchi is out right now. It looks just like this. Uh, and you can, you can go, to, go to her website, catchyofficial.com, and click on the album, and you will see uh, where you can download it from, let's see. Uh, so, oh, it's on Spotify. Good, I can listen to it. And mm-hmm. Apple Music. And mm-hmm. if you if you saw her on uh, America's Got Talent, you already know. But if you don't know, I mean, she's, for all the just god-awful damage that your body has been through catchy your vocal cords are strong (laughs) (laughs) there's actually something that we don't understand how that happened like in fact they actually got better after the accident believe it or not well i think maybe it's because there was a a, a purpose god had a plan and he's executing it now uh in your (laughs) life and pointing people to him through through your pain and and that's a that's a tough that's a hard place to be but yet it's interesting because the Bible talks about uh, the rewards that are specific to those who have suffered. Uh, and when you suffer for Christ, I mean, there's, there's, I don't know, there's something to that where you go through the pain that you've been through and yet mm-hmm. you give your life to God and he uses you to glorify mm-hmm. him, to bring other people to him that otherwise might not know him. There's, a, there's like an elevated status. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand all of it, but it's what fascinating. Tell me, give me a, the quick version, because I know I need to let you go soon, of sort of your music track, because you yeah. just got a gift. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Randy. Um, honestly, music is something that I never thought I would pursue to this extent. It was a hobby growing up. After oh. the accident, my voice actually changed a little bit and and became something where music was kind of like this escape for me, where it healed parts of me that like surgery could not reach. And even even after that, it was still a hobby. I moved to America and I kept singing for fun. And then after like I graduated college 2015, I joined my worship team. And to me, that was like the extent of what I would do with my voice. I was not planning on doing anything like more like out there. But I have had one of my best friends and my dad. They've always kind of told me that they felt like I should join one of these music shows. But I was never going to do it myself. And so um, in 2016, one of my best friends actually signed me up for AGT without telling me <laughs> and effectively changed my life. Like God used her to take that step that I was way too afraid to do to take myself. And 
and in so doing, pushed me out there into the world in in a way that was very different from my burn survivor, you know, um, label and added like more of like, you know, other kind of labels on top of me and on top of my identity, pretty much. And so the more I was on the show, the more I saw that people were actually interested in hearing my voice. They were interested in my story, obviously, as well. But, you know, um, it's not about it's not a show about stories, you know, and I, I kept on feeling while I was on that show that, you know, I don't want to be here if it's just about my story. I want to sure. be here. I want to be here because I earned it like everyone else. Sure. And the more people voted me in to stay, the more I felt confident that I was here, not just because of my story. By the end of the show, I got more confidence in my voice than I'd ever had before. And so after the show, people still were interested in hearing me sing. So I decided like, hey, you know what, let me let me see if I can actually forge a path in music for myself that goes beyond like a hobby. Mm -hmm. And since then, the response has been just a blessing, honestly, whether it's social media or my music or me just singing songs that I, I sang on AGT and now having my own album, working on a Christian album that's coming out soon. And I just, I can't believe that, you know, this is something that I'm actually, like people are actually willing to see me do something that I do for free at home. Like it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really been a blessing. I can't even express myself. Well, I can't express myself how much of a blessing it's been. Yeah, really. I mean, the, just just the hard reality, I'm sure you know this, but the, the hard reality is that you, people will only listen to you sing out of sympathy for so long. This is true. And then- this it just goes to talent and you've got it. It only takes you so far. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. And so I, I love that people are recognizing and that God's given you this gift. Um, Cause I mean, it would be great just to be a survivor. I mean, living life is, is wonderful and to be able to, true. you know, to go through life and do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But now to, to be, you're in a very interesting position. Where do you, what do you want to do with the music? Honestly, Randy, I feel like, I feel like, um, you know, the more I, because I still sing in church whenever I can. Mm. And I just feel like that particular stage is so special and means more to me. I yeah. think because I, I truly believe in what I'm singing when I'm singing there. Yeah. And so I, I find my, I feel like that might be the path I take with my music. Um, singing for God, singing Christian music because it's a message that I actually identify with very, very personally. And so I think when I sing those kind of songs, the emotion that comes out is more genuine and can come across that way to, to the listener. So I think I want to do that. I think that might be the angle I want to pursue music in. Yeah. So hopefully I can, you know, one day sing with like some of the greats, you know, like, you know, CC Winans. I think that would be so cool. <laughs> Elevation Worship, you know, Maverick City, all these people that I love I feel inspired by every single day with their music. I would love to like one day share a stage with them and maybe one day have my own stage where I get to worship God with a lot of people who just love him as much as I do. So, uh, you know, I, I think is if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all those other things will be added to you. Amen to that. So who Who is uh, EJ Duru? <laughs> that's my mom <laughs> she's watching right now <laughs> yes, <she is. laughs> uh, you know I, I i love since she's watching i'll just say to her that your your faithfulness is amazing and what god's doing in your daughter's life is directly attributable to you allowing god to to work through your life so what a blessed family you have a message for your mother while she's watching <laughs> love you mommy as always and you're my number one supporter in everything in life and i'm always grateful to you for being that example 
not just as a human being, but like in the faith, mm. you know, for me to kind of aspire to. So thank you for being you. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, I just uh, don't really know you, but I love you. And, and as a sister <laughs> in, in the Lord, you know, I just, just, man, God's God's doing great things in, in your life. And it's exciting mm. to see. All right. Uh the book is available now. It's called More Than My Scars, and you know right now way more than her scars. Uh, and that's true for all of us. Hers, hers are extremely visible, but all of us mm-hmm. need to hear that, that you are more than your scars. And when you give life, your life to God, he can just make beauty out of the most tragic circumstances. Uh, mention your, <laughs> mention your uh, social media and people that want to follow you. Yes. Okay. So you can follow me on Facebook. Um, catchy. Just look for Catchy Okuchi. And then on Instagram, I'm official Catchy. I think, no, Catchy Official. And then on Twitter, I'm just basically type in Catchy. And whatever <laughs> right. one shows up with the um, tick mark, that's me. So follow me. Just keep up with my story of my life if you want. And uh, hopefully, you know, you check out my music and I hope, you know, you stick around. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would love for people watching and, and to, to share this, obviously. Uh, but to share your music and to, to push you up there so that you're you're ranking real high uh, with the oh, new album. That, that. that would be fabulous, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would so, be amazing. <laughs> right, well, we, we, we can do this. All right, we can do this, people. <laughs> Ketchy, thank you so much. God bless oh, you and your mother and, and the work that God's doing, and just keep on keeping on. Love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate all you guys out there watching. I mean, this is what God can do, and it's just <laughs> it just touches my heart as you can tell all right if you haven't hit subscribe or follow or like that would be great and of course share what a great one to share check out catchyofficial.com download the album share it and spread the word god is good and he can do amazing things come back we will see you again next time here on life today if we have life it is according to the mercy of god if we have confidence to guide us it is god's mercy same for you, the same for every man, you and Gentile and Mohammed, whether they believe it or not. We float on this vast, limitless sea of divine mercy.